You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 118, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, the Netflix, and FooComics.com. Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. It's episode 118. I failed at my job to get them. This it's week. like you're a life model decoy of Josh. Yeah, I've, just, I've, I've decided to be very, very uh, staid. I am Josh. I'm here with... Uh, Wait a minute. Life model decoy, always funny. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so right. like I said, I'm Josh. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Ron. <laughs> <sighs> He's happy because we like comics at iFanboy, and yes. we read a lot of them, and this week there was a good amount of comics we were reading, and then you had to pick the best one of the week and write the review about it, which you did, But uh, so that's what we do on the podcast. We also talk about the rest of the books from the week and some other stuff. Before we get going, if you haven't read your books this week, we will be talking about them, so it's possible we may, we may spoil them. For example, uh, we're going to be talking about Why the Last Man. But you're not going to be spoiling it, though. No, you won't. Well, let's get to that in a bit. You get executive executive privilege. Um, (laughs) Anyways, Connor, you had the pick this week, and you didn't read why, because you read it in trades, so I think I know what it had to be. Captain America 34. I had 17 books this week. I had a lot of really quality, good reads. But Captain America 34 blew everything out of the water. And as Josh said, I don't read why, which we'll get to in a minute, so that's one reason why you're not going to Stay tuned for the why discussion. What's really great about Ed Brubaker's Captain America is that if you've been reading it from the beginning, it's like this super long novel that's been slowly unfolding. You're absolutely right. I've been reading through the omnibus again, and from issue one, this is the same story. Yeah, you mean you can see it all, and if you go back and think about what's happened, all these storylines have now sort of come together. Bucky's ascension to Captain America, the Red Skull's been plotting since the very first issue. That's his plans are being revealed. Everything's sort of coming together in issue 34, and it... You know, Captain America's great week, month in, month out, but this was really one of the really better ones in a while. I found myself pumping my fist. I found myself exclaiming <laughs> things out loud. I found myself talking to myself in my head as I was reading it. At one point, I laughed, and then and then my wife said to me, what is it funny? And I was like, there's no way I can explain this without saying <laughs> it. It was, it was the page where he took the gun out and shot the dudes. Yeah. 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 And I was just like, I, there's no point in explaining it, but for me, it was great. So what we have here is last month Bucky was convinced to become Captain America by reading the letter that Steve Rogers wrote to Tony Stark. And now this month, whatever time has passed between that and here, and Bucky's going out on his first mission as Captain America, which involves beating up on some lowly AIM people. Which Love AIM. I love AIM. It's sort of perfect in regards to Captain America, because Captain America's always beating on AIM guys. Yep. They're like those little round turd ball guys from Halo. (laughs) (laughs) Those those ones that squawk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So there's a couple of things happening here. One is um, uh, Bucky oh, no, or... Captain America! And they run away. Sorry. <laughs> Captain America, I guess we have to call him now. I'm not Bucky anymore. Captain America's got his own... Or, or let's call him, we'll call him James James Barnes. Yep. I don't know what to call him. That's Jim the problem. Buck. Jim. Jim's got his own Sharon uh, Carter in uh, Black Widow. Because they just want to tempt the shit out of every man who has to work 
work for them. <laughs> like, well, what sort of ridiculously hot foreign woman can we pair him up with that won't cause any sexual tension? Well, <laughs> he spent a lot of time in the Soviet Union, so... Uh, well, they dated, too. They, no... were, they were involved, they... so they've got history, yeah, when he was a Winter oh. Soldier. I would, like to, um, I would like to note that Black Widow's hair is considerably longer than it is in Mighty Avengers, therefore I think one of those is a scroll. <laughs> uh, yeah, Steve Epting. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a second. I've got a whole thing about how this relates to the rest of the Marvel, Marvel Universe. And so he goes on his first mission, and, and, it's, and it's very interesting the way it all plays out in his head. We're basically in, in his head through the entire fight, and we see how he's different from Cat. He's not Steve Rogers. He can't, he can't fight like he's Steve Rogers. He's not strong and fast. He doesn't have a super soldier serum. He's just a regular guy with a, with a metallic arm. So he can't just... <laughs> I'm just a regular guy with a metallic arm. What do you expect from me? <laughs> and a massive amount of training and killing. Right, but he can't, he can't jump right into the machine gun nest like Cap because he gets shot. Like, right. That's like at a Bucky's performance review at S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I'm just a regular guy with a metallic arm. Like, like, listen, James, that's been your excuse all year. Your performance is a lot better. <laughs> I was actually in reading the omnibus. There's a scene where he's jumping around and doing whatnot, and, and Sharon goes... How do you dodge bullets? And he, and he goes, I can. I just see faster. Yeah. And like that's one of the things that Bucky doesn't actually have. Yeah. yeah so he's he's think about it that way. He he's not. He can't just be Cap. He's got to be his own version of Captain America, which is a hybrid. Which is, guy he, with a metallic arm. He's, he's he's sneaky. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a, he goes straight into the fight, but he's also got to you know jump around and and hide in the shadows and take out guys strategically and yeah. and he's not a masterful with the shield, although he's pretty good with it. And he's, and he's got a gun. So he's, he's different. He's, but he's, he's, he, he is Captain America in the same sense that when he, when he put the mask on, and he, there's that full-page shot of him jumping into the fight, throwing the shield. It was pretty awesome. So uh, this issue, all Epting, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, Epting. Yeah. Epting, it gets like the comeback award of the career award of the century, I think. He still does static panels with faces sometimes that don't look so great, but all of the action stuff and the, mm-hmm. oh, like all just, that stuff, there, there are a couple of panels that I was like, ooh. Yeah. But the rest of it's so good that I don't care. And Butch Guys makes everything just lovely with his inks. So, so there's there's the, that that plot line is that's the A plot line is Cap, as Captain America's first mission. The B plot line is which was I thought almost equally as good was Red Skull's plan to destabilize the United States, sort of coming into fruition now. Paced really nicely throughout the ep, uh, issue. Absolutely, it starts off. We find out that as the head of Cronus Corporation, he is destabilizing the economy by. Uh, first, causing the subpar mortgage crisis by t- tying that into the real real world. Now I know who to blame. <laughs> God damn it! Were you were you reading? At one point, I was reading this. I'm just like, they're really talking about the subprime mortgage crisis <laughs> in a Captain America comic book. Really? <laughs> you you gonna do that? <laughs> All right. And since the Cronus Corporation is a huge oil production uh, company in Marvel Universe, also doubling the price of oil, which sends rioting into the streets of the United States. So that's that. That's what's happening. On the one hand, the other hand is is Red Skull's got a bunch of sleeper Shield agents that are uh, loyal to him, and they are unleashed in a very shocking way at the end of this issue, which yeah. made me gasp. Yep. So really, uh, I couldn't be more excited for the next issue, even if you you gave me money to be um, <laughs> donated at fanboy.com. And and I think this is this was almost a perfect comic book in terms of action, st- smart story. Good characterization. I loved. I like Tony Stark in this. Yep. Um, I thought everything was great about this issue. There, there was a, a friend of ours uh, read this uh, earlier than Wednesday and emailed me and said, you know, knowing that was your pick, and he's like, it's totally gonna be cock. It's gonna be the pick of the week. Like you could write it now. 
and, I, and and I was like, I'll 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 believe that when I read it. Blah blah blah. And I read it. I was like, oh yeah, no way, Connor doesn't pick this. <laughs> like, no, the second I read it, I sent an email to you guys. It was really early, and I was just like, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Connor's like, yes. <laughs> yes, it was very awesome. <laughs> um, real, real quickly, my little comments on it. Um, I love the AIM guys, but the RAID guys that are with the AIM guys, um, mm-hmm. don't they, do you remember the Android ro- uh, soldiers from Cobra? G. I. Yes. Yeah, the bats. Yeah, yeah they look the the mass the, the same design as the bats. That's I often weird. think that they're the bats as well. Yeah, um, they also had interchangeable arms. They did. <laughs> um, number two, um, I, I remember when when the image of Alex Ross's character design for the new Captain America came out. Everybody threw up all over it and was yeah. blah blah blah. And I remember someone telling us, "Don't worry, it works." And yeah. when I saw the cover, both the I bought the Epting cover. I don't know if you guys bought the which yes. cover you bought. The okay. cover, yes, yeah. I bought the Epting cover. Um, but I would, and I'm like, Ugh, even if they try to do it in the issue, totally works, no problem at all. Like, yeah, no, was, I think yeah. the, the costume's great totally for what it is. It's it's yeah. it's not. He's not Steve Rogers, so he shouldn't be yeah. he shouldn't be wearing Steve Rogers' clothes. Yeah. He wouldn't do but it like anyway. in the issue, it still has a little bit of that shine. But like, because the colors are a bit more muted, like the cover, it's I think it's like hyper, you know, like it's hyper yeah. designed. But mm-hmm. in the actual issue itself, I didn't even notice it. I was like, okay, cool, we're fine. So we're all fine here. That's all. Those are my comments. Captain America, good. Josh, do you agree with the uh, costume? Uh, you know what? It was I was never really an issue to me. Right. I mean, it was fine. It fit. It fit everything. It didn't. Doesn't bother me. It's not the kind of thing that I would let really bother me unless it was really. He wasn't wearing high heels. So what do I care? So the, the, moment, the moment, of the, the moment of the comic was definitely the uh, the gun. The moment because uh, I remember even saying, seeing the costume, it was like he's carrying a gun. What's up with that? And they address that, and they do it in, a, in both a humorous and awesome way. That was well, well, well done and very Indiana Jones esque. Yeah. So. Shoot to kill, know what I mean? So what I find interesting about this book in relation to the rest of the Marvel Universe is Brubaker seems to have a little bubble that he exists in. And yep. stuff doesn't penetrate the bubble unless he can use it in his story and he wants to use it. And stuff doesn't come out of the bubble. You'd think that the rioting in the streets and the crisis, you know, the, cr- the country crumbling might yeah. pop up in another Marvel book. Yeah, you have Wolverine complaining <laughs> about the price of gas on his Oh, but like the rioting in every major street... Uh, every major city in America. Isn't that every book right now? I mean, that's like, uh, you know, the symbiotic thing taking right. over all of so, I mean, that. But that, but that was six months ago. Yeah. Well, either way, it didn't show up in other books when it happened <laughs> yeah, six months true. ago. Yeah. No, I know, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's the thing is that, that they all exist in the same universe, but you're right. Some of these books do their own little pocket universe, and it's interesting to see when he does something so domestically widespread how that wouldn't get acknowledged. Yeah, like writing New York City, every single Marvel book takes place in New York City. Yeah, you know, yeah. So people so. complain about continuity. Just have to realize these things take place all on their own. And I'm, I'm totally cool with the that. crossover when they need to every, and when it works. Yep. Every yeah. book has to have some big world-ending crisis. But reality, you know, if that was to happen, these superheroes would be on the verge of, of nervous breakdown all the time. <laughs> yep. Because every single day, some other shit would be going down. So we, I mean, we like to uh, moan and groan that Captain America is always, you know, oh, it's, it's always going to be the pick of the week. It's always so good. But you know what? It is. It's always so good. So I've had worse better. problems. Yeah. Um, now, Josh will tr- attempt to talk about Why the Last Man number 60 with two guys who really get in trade and won't read this issue until June. And he knows that I own a nail gun and Ron is pretty is pretty mean. So um, I, I fight dirty. Um, yeah. Connor comes out in May, I believe. Oh, really? Because the last time I looked, it was yeah. June, unless they moved it up on them. Oh, I thought it was May. It might be June. I'm wrong. Okay, fine. Well, listen, I mean, I mean, and, and when you guys have read it, there will probably be some sort of show that we will do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about this. So this, is there will definitely time, be one. this. This is honestly one of the few times where me, as like I prefer the issues, I'm cursing the decision to go trades with Y now. I'm cursing it. Well, I, you just feel I left out of the discussion, say, that's all. Yeah, totally. totally. Uh, 
Um, well, first of all, the big secret is that York is actually a woman, which is why he didn't die. Oh my god, you're kidding me! <laughs> uh, I have been on this since the very first issue. I'm very glad about that. And this is one of those things like it's that weird comic book reader pride where I was like, I've been reading it since the beginning. I've got every issue. Like, I really like to be part of the thing that was why. And I think that it was an exceptionally important book. Especially, like, for me, this was, you know, like there's those long runs of legendary books. I think this is the only one that I've read every issue of from the time that it came out. You know, this is my, there's probably people who read Sandman all the way through the first time or Preacher or something like that. This was this was that book for me, you know. And and in the beginning, when it came out, nobody knew who, who Brian K. Vaughan was. And now he's one of the biggest names out there. And I I really consider him to be sort of he's kind of one of the ambassadors for comic books because he's one of the people that like other media go to to talk to. And he's just like he's such a good guy that he always sort of puts a good face for us. I think. And he mm-hmm. does he does good yeah, work. I, he does challenging work. I agree with that. You know, this book is this book has never been about why all of the men died. That's not the mystery of the book. The mist- I mean, really. And and it's not something that if you're going into it looking for what that is, then you're probably not going to be happy. The same way that if you were to watch Lost, uh, if you're going in really looking for definitive answers on why stuff's happening, you're, you're going to be just not going to work. Is it, I um, mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't why just basically about him getting to his girlfriend? I mean, isn't that what it – I mean, uh, it's many things, but I, that's what that's I – That's what think. it appears to be on the surface, yeah, I think. Okay. Right. But it's really not about that. It's 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 actually very much – I mean, for one thing, it's it's my, my favorite kind of of science fiction is the science fiction that that basically uses a twist on reality to sort of explain something a little deeper about our own society. And I think that clearly you can see this book is the reason that it does that is to explore gender issues and what would happen in the world and yep. how women treat each other and how men treat women and what all those preconceived notions are. And that's really you know what this book was about. And then you know they got into other tangents where they get into cloning and things like that and. Really, for me, you know, Yorick is a really interesting character because he's sort of sarcastic and ironic. But what you don't realize the whole time going through the story of why is that he's, he's you know, it can't be easy for this dude. Right. right. I mean, everybody. First of all, he's. You know, if you're the last man on earth, you know what it is to be alone. He goes through incredible losses through the course of the book, and basically the ending, it, you could almost call it gimmicky, but it worked really well. And I don't even want to go into it too far, but if you read it, you know what I'm talking about. If you read my – I put up a review where I could go into more detail on ifanboy.com, so if you, if, you, if you want more about it, make sure you go there and check that out. Basically, I love this book. Had it been my pick of the week, this would have beaten out Captain America because this book was full, full of emotional moments and, and things that – like moments that really, you know, that really get you and, you and you realize how sort of deeply ingrained these characters were and how long you've been reading them. And you just, you just get to – you do get to see what happens to them later on. It's, it's sort of an epilogue tale because at the end of the last one, you kind of know what's happening. Just some really beautiful character moments and, and, and you – it's just a great book. And Pia Guerra just, just owned this. Awesome. You know, straight from the beginning, but she re- like kicked ass in the last issue and the whole way through, because it is a book with just dudes or chicks, basically. Where where you know, it's just a bunch of faces. There's no costumes. There's no nothing. But you know who everybody is, and it, you know, beautiful, clean, crisp storytelling. I loved this series. I love this book. I'm really, really sad that I'm not going to have it anymore, but I'm glad it ended like it did. Well, I think that's good to know. I mean, I think everything I've seen has been almost universally fawning. You know, everybody's. Mm-hmm been thrilled about the final issue, which is good because a lot of times the final issues are tough. Final issues are hard. They don't always work. Well, it's hard to end things. One thing that Vaughn does almost better than anybody is end stuff. 
I mean, if yeah. you remember all of those uh, last year, especially, you know, he had he had the escapists, yep. that, which we loved every issue of, and is like, oh god, is he going to blow it at the end? He didn't. His ending was note perfect and emotional and excellent. Same thing with that Doctor Strange mini that he did. You know, like he's he's really good at that, and and without coming off as too hokey or cheesy. I don't. It's just. It, I mean, I, I'm. I don't want him working in TV, quite honestly. <laughs> I, I could. I could take some more comics work. Yeah. But he really is good with the finite story. I don't know a lot of stuff that he's been on that's ongoing that has really hit me, but it's just, oh, man, what a great series. I'm, I'm, I, the I'm the initial returns I heard from everybody was that it was selling like crazy and that everybody was buying it was really positive. I haven't heard a negative thing about the book yet. So. Yeah. I, I have – basically, I think the people who want a definitive answer like what happened to the men, yeah. if that's what you're looking for, you're going to be less than satisfied. Oh, I know. I, but I know that answer, though. They, they died. <laughs> exactly. And right. why isn't really important. Right. Well, why? He's the main character, right? Uh, ah, well, I'm hello, hello. Oh, it's going to be a Catskills episode, isn't it? <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waitress. <laughs> Take my monkey. Please. All right. Well, it's good to know that why was was good, and we will do a whole show, probably a video show on it when the trade comes out in Ron in the summer, probably. Yeah, in the summertime. When you, yeah. Well, I mean, the th- yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that if Josh wants to collect the issues that would make up the last trade, I'd read them before the trade comes out. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm well, because I don't want to go into the minutiae of our schedule at this time. <laughs> You'll probably still see it in the summer. Okay. <laughs> well, no, we did. We've we've already gotten a lot of requests from you all to um to you all from folks out in the ether uh, to do a video show on why. So we uh, it's hard not to. So you can definitely expect that coming this year. So. Yeah, I mean af- after sort of the the Sandman. Uh, episode came out, and I think that was received well. And the preacher one, you know, we're gonna look to do more like that. Got to spread them out because we don't want to run out of books. Yeah, exactly. Because they're not, <laughs> believe it or not, not a whole lot of comic books exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to another comic book. Um, this week on my fanboy, Wolverine forty-eight through fifty-two. <laughs> um, Ultimate Spider-Man one eighteen was probably the closest thing that anything came to be rivaling for a pick of the week. Um, this was a slice of awesome. It was so good. Oh my god! Like when I opened it up and read the first couple of pages and saw the POVs, like yeah. zero on each character, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a good one. This was it was like slapsticky. At one point, yep. with the everybody colliding at the same moment at school, and and it was funny, and the character stuff in the beginning where everybody had a page and everybody got you know in, we got a, we got inside everybody's head was great. This um, is one of those rare Ben, not I guess not so rare, but this is one of those rare Spider-Man at least things where he's never in costume in this issue. Yeah, love that. It's and 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 it's still it's is it's, it holds up. It's amazing. It's about it's about being Spider-Man and what that means. And when Johnny Storm and Bobby Drake from Iceman from the X-Men and Human Torch from the Fantastic Four show up at school, yeah. and you've got to tell them, hey, don't, why don't you don't know me? Like that whole thing, about, <laughs> that whole thing about why Johnny Storm couldn't talk to Peter Parker because people know Spider-Man goes to the school. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. Johnny Storm was talking to Peter Parker, and then Mary Jane leaning over to Peter, going, "Nobody's looking at you. Nobody cares." <laughs> you know, like like I, it was just so it was so realistic, but so good and. Just just, oh, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was really, really good. Really good. I want to know how they got to the beach after school. I want to know, I want to know how they got to the beach in fucking January. They're <laughs> <laughs> in Queens. No, oh, come on. I know, I know. They got in Johnny Storm's car, and they went to freaking Atlantic, Atlantic City Jones or something. Yeah. Jones Beach. At no point are they would they be in school during the school year where they, where they the get out and still get to the beach in time to be in all bikini and, yeah. and stuff. That's a very good point, actually. All right, nitpicker. Yeah, and what beach is that? Is that 
Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, real quickly. Oh, traffic. There's no way they could make it out to like Long Island. I mean, that's Jersey. They're not. Get, they're not getting over the Verrazano in time. <laughs> uh, no, but um, uh, one very quickly. I have a. Uh, I have a favorite inker now. Yeah. Oh really? Uh, Wade von Grawbadger. Yes. You're gonna tell me if that's not someone working under assumed name, then I <laughs> don't know what else going on. I, Wade von Grawbadger. If you listen to podcasts while you ink, or if anyone knows Wade von Grawbadger, I want to know that you exist and you're real, because that name is just awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on the cover as soon as I picked up. I'm like von Grawbadger. Who is that? <laughs> he's done this. He's done this book before, I think. And, and it's also he's a very good inker. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, I think I think um, uh, pencils are Eminem's pencils are looking great, and the inks are really helping too so yeah beautiful book and now we got spider-man and his amazing friends which is great which is i don't know how i feel about firestar being not being angelica jones being because that would be in the regular marvel universe and this isn't i know i know that it's like wolverine being cable right yeah exactly but the thing is if again we're we're back to the ultimate thing if you're gonna make characters from 616 in the ultimate universe that it's like either all or nothing for me Make characters from what why? That doesn't make sense. Well, then why is Peter Parker Spider-Man in Ultimate? Why isn't he? He doesn't have to be, though. Right, yeah, so why? Why, why? is... Because why? it doesn't matter. It's more interesting to have... It's more interesting... Angelica. Yeah, first of all, nobody knows who she is, but it's more interesting to have hey, her become... Angelica Jones. It's more interesting to have her become Firestar <laughs> because she's got the whole problem with powers. I said, so why not give her a new new set of powers? That's all. That's all I'm saying. Well, why? So because why don't you make a Firestar? Spider-Man is amazing friends, and, right. and Firestar is, frankly, expendable. <laughs> She's an expendable fuel. Anyway, <laughs> when, you haven't seen her in years. You haven't seen her since Civil War. So I know. No one cares. She's been, she she's been moping. Wait, Ultimate was in Civil War. No, we haven't seen her in any form since the Civil oh, War. Oh, right, yeah. Well, she no, she quit. She retired. That's right. Why. So it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Oh, she'll be back. Well, also her last appearance was in the god awful Frontline, so they yeah. they clearly retired the Which character. Didn't exist, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Suburban Glamour number three, uh, Image Comics, Jamie McKelvey. I love this series. I love it too. I love everything about it. The local shop I went to didn't carry the book. Oh. I love everything about this book, and this issue was might be the best one of the series. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's some great moments in it, and that guy who we thought was a dick in the first issue was a dick. Yep. And then Dave got to punch him, which was awesome. Yep. And and you know what? It's it's shocking. I I sort of forgot this was a four issue mini. Why is it four issues? Why can't it be eight? Uh, because I'm not sure how they're going to wrap one up. Extend himself. (laughs) I'm not going to wrap it up. Yeah, exactly. It totally. Uh, this, you feel like it needs another two issues after this, but um, everything about this series is good. The characters are very real. They, they they feel like teenagers. The art is fantastic. Obviously, the coloring is really good. His art his yeah. art looks great, colored. It's. I mean, he's really doing a really really good job. And even even my little issue with um with what what with the explanation of and the, of the fairies and dragons aspect of it, like. Totally didn't even think of it once. I totally, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I'm bought in. I want to know who the people on the last page are, and like, um, it's awesome. And it's awesome. great. It's a great. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great twist on the teenager thing, as you'd always yeah. feel alone, especially if you're these kind, these kind of teenagers in a small town, and now you're even more alone because you're not even real. And I, uh, yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important also to mention. Um, it, there's a mention in the letters page in the back, but um, for some reason, somehow, Suburban Glamour has gotten caught up in a lot of the digital downloading, kind of the future of comics type thing. And there's actually, if you look in the back page of this there's a uh jamie puts a link to a post on his blog about you know if you've downloaded this issue and you enjoyed it via whatever BitTorrent means you got 
just give him a couple bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's re- he's one of the few people who are really kind of facing that up front because a lot of people have sampled this by downloading it. And I think that's really, you know, um, I think it's really cool of them to kind of acknowledge that, you know, and like be one of the few people to talk about it and actually do something. And, and you know, furthermore, if you, if you don't support him, then you're, he's not going to be able to work. Right. And we won't get it's more. It's not like this is a high profit margin book. Yeah. Well, he's getting that X-Men money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I can't wait for, by the way. So, I'd yeah. like to clone him and have him draw every fourth book I buy. <laughs> and then I would like, I'd like to commission him to draw the, the life of Connor. <laughs> if that's at all possible. Jamie, um, call my agent. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Yeah. He's like, I've got to page four, and it's basically the same thing again. What do I do? <laughs> Keep drawing it! So Connor, in this it's just Connor's... black until 2 p.m. <laughs> exactly. So Connor, on this panel, I have you sleeping towards the left, but then you roll over <laughs> towards the right. <laughs> and, then, and then Ron calls and you get angry and then go back to sleep. So, <laughs> I've had a hard time. I've had a hard time dynamically representing you watching TV from 5 p.m. to 3 a.m. Is there anything? <laughs> Connor, I'm really excited about the issue where you play Wii. <laughs> He's so excited because I bought a Guitar Hero because he said so we can show some action. He can draw on a guitar. Yeah, basically. <laughs> he's really excited when the pizza delivery guy gets there because he gets to draw someone else. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I got to admit, you know, and looking at, you know, trying to, if, if Captain America didn't exist and if Ultimate Spider-Man didn't exist and Suburban Glamour didn't exist, I, Green Lantern 27 would come pretty close for me. I'm enjoying the fact that I called the Alpha Lanterns as the in- internal affairs. And Did you see that a... special thanks to Grant Morrison for the Alpha Lanterns? Oh, no, I didn't, actually. It was in the, Did he do... in the, in the credits, special thanks to Grant Morrison for the Alpha Lanterns. Go ahead. Oh, wow, interesting. But so, yeah, I, I just love the fact, I love the direction that Johns is taking Green Lantern. This is what Green Lantern should be. We see, you know, it's on Earth, it's in space, we see Green Lanterns, there's stuff going on. Green Lantern has been completely vindicated. And there was a genuinely, a genuinely chilling cliffhanger. Yes. I mean, if oh, you know yeah. anything it's... about DC history... Uh, the fact that the that the Alpha Lanterns are basically remade Manhunters is scary. Yeah. Is scary. It really scary. And the fact that John Stewart came this close to being one of them. Yep. He had a chance to get rid of the haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and he blew it. They look really, really creepy. They yeah. look. They look like. They look kind of like almost like um, uh, gas masky kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the yeah. like Sandman esque. You know. So. Mike McCone. Mike uh, McCone. He brings it, doesn't he? There was a page or two in here where it got a little confusing. I think there was I think there was a lettering issue, like the they weren't pointing to the right place or something. Just at one point in the middle. In uh, one comic the I read this week, the dialogue went to the wrong person. I don't remember if it was this one. Or oh, there was one comic I read. I forget which one it was, but they, I think they du- they duped the uh, word balloon. Hmm. Yeah, I think I know what you. Yeah. This is uh, I mean this is this is us really if you don't know exactly what we're talking about. Oh, it was, oh, this, it was this, it, no, it was this comic where they, the dialogue is going to the wrong person. Right, but there was also there was also one with um there was also one with was it Captain America? No, there was something else with Tony Stark where he repeats himself, and it was it might have been. I well, there was know. a lot of Tony Stark in was, this week. Yeah, but yeah, there was a dialogue box where the the woman that they're putting in the jail cell, Green Lantern. The yeah. dialogue for her goes to right. the Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. That, that was all right. So. I love it. Mike McCohen, he's good. <laughs> if uh, I have no segue, Jim Manley's Universe <laughs> is one of the best and most progressive comic book stores, uh, and they offer the best selection of titles and related merchandise. You know what related merchandise is? It's all that crap that we spend our extra money on, uh, or sometimes not even extra money. If you want comic books that are mainstream, or you want manga, or you want minis, or they have every single kind of comic book ever in huge, huge stacks and piles all through the aisles. Well, uh, stacks and piles. They're in, neat, they're in boxes. I mean that in a good way, though. They have a good <laughs> selection. We've got to do a lot of hopping. Uh, if, 
<laughs> if you are in New York City, then you have probably never been to a comic book store like this one, and you need to stop by because it'll blow your mind. It's located opposite of the Empire State Building in Midtown Manhattan, which is uh, 33rd uh, between 5th and 6th. Or if you're on Staten Island, uh, you go to 325 New Dorp Lane, uh, where it's probably a very nice store as well. If you go in there, let them know that iFanboy were the ones who, who told you to go in there. Um, and you can visit them on their website at jhuniverse.com or on MySpace at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. Uh, that would be where art and literature meet. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> new Avengers Annual number two was fun. It was exciting. My only problem I'm getting with, with the Avengers is... It's, hurt. it's starting to hurt. They need to get moving. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I'm reading the same Avengers story over and over, depend in no matter what book it is. You know, well, they almost get, the, the, the new Avengers almost get captured by the mighty Avengers, but they let them go. This this happened yeah. like this happened like three or four times. You know, lately. And the, the, yeah. Well, Mighty Avengers also came out this week. It's it's important to note. And in Mighty Avengers, it wraps finally wraps up the Venom's take over New York type thing. Yeah. And Carol Danvers has a moment where she could bring in the new Avengers and she lets them go. Right. And then it's unfortunate that New Avengers Annual comes out this week because essentially the same thing happens. Right. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like if they were if they were truly spaced out like they were supposed to be, my, maybe it's okay. But the but, fact that they, yeah, but you know so. But but they all seem to be at the closure of their thing and they can get started. I hope so because because it's, it's fun and, it, and it, you know it's fun. He's good. He's good at writing their vendors. Totally Avengers. fun. This was a totally fun issue. I oh, loved yeah. the art in it. Yep. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought the stuff with Jessica Jones was magic. I mean, it was really good. great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to see it go forward. I, now, I'm here's, love here's, here's, here's my issue, though. Here's my problem with this issue, though. Yeah. Why is this an annual and not just an issue of New Avengers? Because they got a, he's got a story to tell, and it doesn't fit into the... It's, it's an old story. Right, but, put it somewhere. It is? Really? It's, it's, just, it's, after, it's after World War Hulk. It's right after World so? War Hulk. They, they teleported back from fighting Hulk. That happened months ago in the New Avengers timeline. They can't just stick it in the middle now. Okay, all right. Because I read this. I, I if this was the next issue of New Avengers, I kind of would have believed it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, I mean, the the thing is, though, is that you know traditionally the annuals have sucked. So well, no, no, but no, here's the thing. I love the fact that annuals can be good again. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But like, you look at an annual like the first New Avengers annual, which was the Luke Cage but, Jessica Jones wedding, and then the the baby and all, and all that kind of stuff. That was a story that happened out of. You know what I mean? I can see. Sure, but if this was in the regular book, that means that we'd be waiting another two months. Right, maybe for right. the story to start. Yeah. Do you want that? We just complained about that. No, no, no. I agree. I agree with that. I, I'm not. I'm not have a problem with that. I'm just saying it just didn't. I mean, I I just didn't understand what differentiated this from an annual from another. There, there was no other backup material. There was, you know what I mean? Like, well, just, it's, it's just another story. Yeah. Yeah. Another with, story with, with a different artist. Okay, fair enough. He right. could have said, I "Hey, I, I thought of this compared. great story. I should have done four months ago when Hulk ended. I'll do it now." You know, yeah. like. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, fine. I wanted to very quickly just mention Trials of Shazam number 11, which would be the penultimate issue. Books take it forever to come out. It's been, it's been on, on schedule since the last time we picked it, just before I got uh, surgery. <laughs> <laughs> this book's great. I'm telling you, 11 issues in, unless he absolutely blows it, Judd Winnick, you know, you guys, you're reading him on other books. He's doing just as good a job here. This is oh, I got, I've got the first book. trade. I'm looking forward to the next trade, but it's not coming out. No, yeah, and it's it's going to be good, although he does pull a little of his... I realize the Judd Winnick trick is to have the Justice League show up. That's anybody's trick, but right. yeah. uh, there's a Superman thing at the end. Uh, well, just, it's not Howard Porter, though, anymore, right? No, it's this other Cassioli guy who's been off for the last two or three issues, I think. Boo. But it's good. I mean, it's it's. I, I guess Howard Porter, maybe he's doing the last one. I don't really know. But it's pretty good. It's, it's a lot like... Boo it's not burns. far off from the Steve Epting kind of art actually and it's it's very similar to that it works though um and it isn't so much of a jarring it's still on the same sort of uh feels feels similar to the art that came before it so it's not 
it's not throwing me off. It's good, you know. I can't, I have no complaints about it. I've just loved the series, and uh, when the trades come out, it, you should check it out. I wanted to talk about proof number four. Yes. Uh, from Image Comics, um, and and just to note, um, I, we read the letter columns after we decided we'd talk about this. So, <laughs> saying, just saying. But I am the more I read of Proof, the more I'm loving it. Yep. Um, and specifically, I'm liking two specific things with this issue. Is one Riley Rosmo's art is much better, main, much tighter, it, much tighter, and it's kind of reminding me of like a little bit of Sam Keith. A little bit of um, a little bit of the the guy who did the first issue of the Escapists, um, whose name is escaping me. Remember, I love that uh, art. Oh, crap. I know who you mean. Yeah, Bond, yeah. Bond uh, Philip Bond. Yeah, maybe yes. Philip Bond. Yeah, it's, yes. it, it almost reminds me of, like it's like a sketchy Philip Bond, like a, with a little Sam Keith in it. Whatever. I really like it. I also really like what they're doing with the book in that this had three stories in this universe and yep. two. And two tied into the main to the main story, the main kind of plot line, and another one is just kind of like a backup to the to the to the to the, um, to the comic to that universe. And they're keeping the same consistency with the cryptoids, with the little info boxes, and it just it to me like I had so much fun reading this comic, and like it's cool to see something different being done. So well, like, I, I plan to support this in collection. Like yeah, um, uh, Suburban Glamour, I think this is also the best issue of Proof so far. Yes, agree, um, agree. I love agree. that that there's some sort of now mysterious backstory. Yep. You know, there's some sort of some sort of shadowy background going on with the with the with the, with the monsters. Um, that's a whole new level of intrigue on top of the intrigue of having monsters around. Um, so that uh, that was good, and I loved. I do like the multiple stories. The only thing I, which as I mentioned last time we talked about proof, was it's it's tough because you really get into one of them and it's over because it's not the full length of comics. You're 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 right. wanting more it, of the story. Yeah, but but as as evidence is when we were talking about fell last week, or whatever, I'm enjo- I'm okay with that. No, um, no, and it's a testament to me wanting more of the story because I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. I want more. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, and it, and, it, and it should get better as it goes on, yeah. which is cool. You know, you, you know, you don't want the first issue to be so great that everything after it sucks. Yeah. Ron, yeah, I'm it's usually better. I'm really curious what you have to say with this next book because the reaction on the on the internet's been all over the place. I and I've I've avoided it just because I've been busy. But uh, Spider-Man with great power, uh, Marvel Knights comic, uh, written by David Laffam, drawn by Tony Harris, issue number one. I did see I I posted up on ifanboy.com on Monday. This was I, I said you don't miss this if you're looking for a comic. Pick this one up. Um, I saw a lot of people barfing at the 3.99 cover price. Yeah. My opinion of this is if you didn't get this and you like Spider-Man, go out and get it right now. It's worth the 3.99. The 3.99 gives you a little better paper stock, a little better cover stock, a great production. Tony Harris drawing Spider-Man, it's fantastic. And Dave Lapham, who we've, you know, I, I admittedly said there was some concern over his ability to write characters he doesn't own or hasn't created. Um, admittedly, the story is a bit of, it's a lot of setup. It's a lot of setting the stage and a lot of, like, repeating stuff we already know about how he got his powers and all this kind of stuff. But I totally, I totally dug it. Totally, totally dug it. So. Now, I heard... Almost the opposite. Uh, unanimously, yeah, uh, the opposite. that it sucked giant balls. Awesome! I love being <laughs> I love being alone in the in the crowd. <laughs> and and many of the same problems that that say Connor has talked about David Lapham before, uh, such as when he drew when he wrote Batman and and Connor went, who is this character in the bat suit? Uh, I heard much of that echoed. Okay. I guess nobody complained about Tony Harris's art, and okay. and why why would you? The art is um, beautiful. That's why I said it, and I said it in, in iFanboy.com. I said if you, if anything, pick this up for Tony Harris's art. If you want to see him do something a little different than what you've seen him on Xbox, you know, 
do recently. I'd like but... to know why he's not doing X Machina right now. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> um, the thing is that like I can understand time. maybe some of the characterizations of Spider-Man stuff like that being out of character, but the idea being that this takes place in in between a couple of panels from Amazing Fantasy 15. Whoa, 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 whoa. And... slow down there, Buckaroo. It, it doesn't what? actually. It's it's a Marvel Knights book. It's out of continuity. Well, no, I know, but that's the idea is that that's the moment in time that it's coming from. Yes. yes right, but it's also not. It's not Spider-Man. It's it's Marvel Knights Spider-Man. Just like Captain America and Captain America: The Chosen isn't right. really Captain America. It's a different. Captain yes, it's America. a it's a it's an out of continuity story using the characters. Yeah, right. that's your excuse for the out of characterization. That's fine. For me, I'm imagining kind of like a, a story in between those panels. Right. That's and and it's fine for me. So, okay. I'm enjoying it. Get it. Interesting. All right. Well, um, quickly, I want to talk about Action Comics six eight sixty one, the highest number comic we've ever talked about on the show. Wow. <laughs> Jeff Johns. You we... can say that every time it comes out. It's... Yep. <laughs> every month. Uh, everybody talks about. Well, everybody. People talk about Green Lantern with Jeff Johns. They talk about. Um, uh, what was the other books? I'm blanking. Uh, Justice Society. Those are the books that get talked about all the time, and not a lot of people are talking about Action Comics, which is just as good as those other two books. Right now, he's doing that's big words. That's that's a tall that's a tall yeah, statement. It, is. it really is. Um, right now, we're doing Superman in the future with the, with the Legion of Superheroes, and it's a ton of fun. You don't have to know much about the Legion. I don't know much. I don't know much about the Legion, but all the information I need is on the page, or it's explained. He t- he does really good with giving everybody a little graphic that says who they are, what their powers are, because there's lots yeah. of Legionnaires, and it's fun. And Superman's exciting, and the, the art by Gary Frank is is phenomenal. And if you like Green Lantern, you like Justice Society, you like anything Jeff, else Jeff Johns writes, you should take a look at Action Comics. Um, we're in part four. You should be able to go back and find these issues because I'm sure they're not flying off the shelves. And uh, Jeff Johns is excited about his year in Action Comics and I'm excited for it too. Cool. All right, then. So if you uh, if you want to start reading Action Comics or Proof or Suburban Glamour and you don't want your store to miss it, you want to be able to get it in when you want it, you should, te- you should go check out foocomics.com. Um, it's a site that allows people to uh, control their subscriptions and pull lists, and basically a store can sign up for foodcomics.com, allow the customers to manage their pull lists, and you can say what you want, what you don't want, and make sure your order is there when you get to the store. Um, it was created by a comic collector, so he knows exactly he knows the frustrations of that of not getting the book you want, like Josh had this week. So you know, um, and it's totally fr- it's totally free. So uh, tell your story to check it out and to register online. Um, go to foocomics.com forward slash ifanboy to learn more. That's foo f o o comics. Yeah, the store the store that store is carrying Fear Agent again, by the way. Oh, good, fantastic. But they don't have suburban glamour. Oh, okay. it's a it's a Queens comic book store. <laughs> did you did you ask them about it? Did they scoff at you? Animal, fuck you. (laughs) That's what he would have said. I know that um, store. So uh, (laughs) on on to the email. Our first email. It's an all London email. It's all London email. Oh, nice. It's a UK edition of email. All right. Our first email comes from Caleb, who's from London, um, who writes that your pick of the week helped me formulate a question I've been thinking about for a while. Is there anything about Captain America that speaks to an audience beyond the United States? In the interest of full disclosure, I'm Canadian. I've lived in New York City and bought my comics at Jim Hanley's Universe. (laughs) Uh, He's lived in New York City, Canada, Africa, and I live in London, UK. And now I can say that Captain Britain doesn't do anything for me either. I have to confess an an abnormal love for Alpha Flight, but I think I enjoy it in the same way I do Scott Pilgrim. I recognize things from my own experience in the background, so it feels homier. Plus, who doesn't love Sasquatch and Puck? So the question is that is Captain America only enjoyable to an American? Well, first, Josh, first you hate thing him. I want to say. You hate America, so you should be able to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. O'Reilly. Thank you very much. You know, it's hard for me to say. I don't think you so. Know, because, 
we are American. I'm not the most outwardly patriotic person, but the thing is, like, while you know, like, I would call myself uh, probably a commie pinko bastard, and I probably have an FBI file. You know, I still have like when I read like about World War II or about the Revolutionary War, I do feel a sense of pride and a sense of all that stuff, and I think that this is connected to that. So it's possible. Well, the thing is, however, it, the stories are good, and the writing is good, and the characterizations are good. It has nothing to do with with his name. Well, what I was going to say is that, again, as I'm reading through the Captain America omnibus again, if you take Captain America out of that costume and you just make him a super spy or super soldier or whatever it is, you don't even take out the superhero aspect entirely. It's still a really good story. And, like, he goes to England and, he, and he's with Union Jack and Spitfire there, and I liked those characters, you know. So yeah, I don't think no. I don't think it's really about. I mean, they don't play up the patriotism. If anything, he's very uh, obviously with Civil War clashes with the government. It's not like he's standing there with an American flag at the end of each issue and waving it around. He's yeah. he is just a soldier named Captain America, and he's got a, he's got the flag on his suit. But he's still basically it's basically a spy comic. I mean, that's and that he, being said, though he you know like I think he, it's not the book isn't about like. America is the awesomest. It's about like this is he represents the best of what America can or should be. Right. Maybe. A little bit. So, I mean, I, I guess it's hard to say. I don't have, we don't, we need, I guess we need a Canadian panel member to tell us. No, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> so if you oh, are not from America and you are reading uh, Captain America and enjoying it or not enjoying it, e- email us and let us know if it's a problem. I'm curious. Yes, I'm curious myself. Contact.ifanboy.com. If you're, if you're an Iranian, do you like Captain America? Or do you uh, hate him because he, he's an infidel? Okay, um, Ben G, also from London. And now we have a jihad. <laughs> ben G, there's London. a fatwa against us. Ben G from London, UK, writes, and he's got three questions. So let's do these. Ready? Number one. I was wondering if you guys could pick a dream team of seven superheroes, and who would it be? There are no limits we'll to who. This. Just quickly, like Ron, who's your dream seven X-Men? Well, no, my dream seven superheroes. They don't have to be X Men, right? Yeah, but let's say let's just let's just alter the. No, no, so I want to do superheroes. All right, I do go seven ahead. Yes. Uh, don't change his question. Let's stick to his question. It would be Cyclops, Phoenix, Wolverine, Colossus, Shadowcat. <laughs> uh, I'm not done. That's five. Uh-huh. Cyclops, Locky. Phoenix, Colossus, Wolverine, Shadowcat, Nightcrawler, and Savage Dragon. <laughs> well, there you go. And then would that be the X-Men? No, they'd be my Ron superheroes, and I'd be in a wheelchair. And I'd say, to me, my superheroes! Josh? Um, Come on, geez. you got seven. Uh, I mean, basically, I'd be telling you my seven favorite superheroes, That's I fine. guess. That's fine. They're, so, they're your team. They're your team. You're Jarvis. Let's go with Captain America, uh-huh. Hawkeye, <laughs> Human Torch, um, Wait, which human torch? Thor, which human? Uh, John, Johnny Storm. Okay. Although I could go with the Android one because I like him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bill Everett, right? Black Bolt. How many am I up to? Five. Five. Green Lantern. Whoa. Um, I'm gonna go with Hal Jordan, and uh, the Blue Beetle. Cool. Which Blue That's Beetle? That's a curveball. Wow, that is a Blue Ted Beetle. Ted Cord, dead one. Yeah. Really? I like him a lot. All right. I love that character. Cool. You haven't even read oh. a lot of Blue Beetle, have you? No, but in the stuff that I've read of it, I've always liked him. I really like him. I like the idea of him. <laughs> Honestly, it was the first thing that came to mind that I was like, this is this one's crazy. Maybe Animal Man instead. I like him too. Uh, ooh, 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 wait. Take out Ted Cord. Jack in the Box from Astro City. Oh, yeah, you like him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my team would be um, Superman, Captain America, Batman, Aquaman, uh, Spider-Man, Black Canary, and... Um, 
Jessica Jones. No love for Nightwing? No, Nightwing, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to be on a team. Okay, fine. Yeah, he needs to be alone. Can I do this again in three no. weeks after I've had time no. to really... All right. All right. All right. Question. Next question. I was also wondering what we, who we think are the undercover skull, scrolls. Dan Buckley. <laughs> um, Anybody uh, notable, Sentry. Possibly. Mrs. Sentry. Uh, yes, Mrs. Sentry, Sentry. Um, you think Wonder the Black Man. Widow. Wonder Man, Black Widow, Steve Epting. No, I don't know. I, we'll find out. Next um, question. Three, also since Connor isn't the biggest X-Men fan in the world, I was wondering who, what characters he would kill off. Um, wait, just, wait, wait. He doesn't clarify X-Men characters. Just, so just what characters would you kill <laughs> off? <laughs> well, that's not true. If you, if you go to iFanboy.com, you will see this week I wrote a piece about my liking the X-Men. Yeah, so. which which was brought a tear to my eye, Connor. Yeah, uh, I didn't read it. It was really good, Josh. I'm kidding. Read I read it. I read it. I was being. <laughs> I would kill off Cyclops. Um, oh, I'm kidding. I would kill off half the people I didn't recognize in the Psy Complex, or all of them. If I read a, if, if I read the Messiah Complex and didn't know their name, I would I would get rid of them. I'd jettison them. Right, so, so you commit genocide. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would get, I would just keep about twenty. There'd be twenty mutants at the most. Wow. Yeah. You 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 and Grant Morrison would get along. Yeah, we would. He didn't go oh, far no, enough. Wait, no, not opinion. Grant Morrison. I'm sorry, Bendis. Yeah, he didn't go far enough in my opinion. Yeah, so. yeah. I basically anyway, stick right. go back to the Claremont and the, on the original X Men. That'd be it. You know, I can't argue with that. To be honest with you, I really can't argue with it. Like all the new, so, new X Men out the door. All the people. Well, that my, have my, my favorite period of the X Men there was there was probably anywhere from. 20 to 30 or so, which I, between the New Mutants and X-Factor and X-Men and stuff like that. I, that, I feel like that's a good number running around. You don't have to kill them. Yeah. Well, that's what he <laughs> I said. Mean, you could, you could, <laughs> he I know, say. but like, it's good to have people they can go visit. I want them to go be able to go, go visit Banshee. Go visit yeah. Angel in, like, uh, in Arizona, yeah. where we lived. Yeah. No, I, no, I said <laughs> you, you got need to be... Yeah. The Claremont X-Men plus, plus the original X-Men... And then, yeah. you know, and a couple of handful of other people. They keep four. I liked when the original X-Men were X-Factor. That was a good time. That was like 86, 87. That was yeah. a good period. Anyway. Simonson on that. Yeah. So if you have any if you have any questions about who we'd kill in comic books, um, <laughs> you, can email us at, you can email us at contact at We'd love to hear from you. And so. Only questions about that. Yeah. Netflix has over 75,000 titles. I just got King of Kong today. Uh, no late fees. I got Helvetica. Oh, cool. Awesome. Uh, free shipping both ways. Fast delivery. Plan starting as low as $4.99 a month. Two-week free trial if you go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy. Josh, what did you get? 310 to Yuma. Oh, nice. Nice. The original or the new one? New one. It's so much. It's so intense. <laughs> so much in, there's so much intensity on screen. It melted my TV. Okay, then. All right, so our voicemails. All right, on to the voicemail. Our first voicemail I was actually excited to hear because I wanted to hear Connor's opinion. Hey, fellas. It's... Uh... Big E from Illinois, and my question is about uh, Green Lantern Alan Scott, uh, and I guess also about Flash Jay Garrick. I'm just curious, are there any decently written stories about these two characters other than uh, in the in the new JSA by Jeff Johns? Uh, I, I'm, I really enjoy uh, uh, John's take on uh, these characters, though, I guess they're not too prominently featured, but just seeing them month after month, I'm curious who the writers were back in the day, back in the golden age, and uh, if these stories were any good, or if they maybe reappeared later on, and there's some some creator that uh, did a good take on either of these characters. Just curious, uh, Connor's recent posting about old X-Men titles got, got me thinking about uh, older DC titles. Good question. Yeah, well, I told you it was a good one. Um, I, I might even have an answer. You go first. It's funny because, uh, it, it, now that I think about it, because of this voicemail, Jay, Jay Garrick and Alan Scott aren't in um, 
the new GSA that much. No, not that much at all. Which is interesting. And what's funny also that I think about it is, is most of the stories I know from these guys are, are GSA books. They don't yeah. tend... The series that Jeff Johns wrote before this one, they were a lot more prominent. They were much more of the main characters. Uh, then there was an old JSA series from the 90s that Mike Parabek, the late Mike Parabek, drew. That was just wow. fantastic. He's a, he had that, you know, the animated series style, and they were main main characters in that. I don't know if that's collected. It's probably not, but what? it should should be. Also, wasn't the the uh, the uh, what's it, the Roy Thomas All Star Squadron stuff from the 70s and 80s? Weren't yeah. They yeah, yeah, but I didn't read that so much. I mean, the thing is, okay. the thing is, my I I I'd read the the JSA stories that would they would make crossover with the Justice League. I never really bought those books. Um, so when they when they started showing up again in the 90s, that's when I started really reading them. But right. Jay Garrick was basically a main character in the Flash book for a long time. For yeah, years, I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah, um, Mark Wade and Jeff Johns. So if you're looking for good Jeff, Jeff, Jay Garrick stories and good Flash stories, uh, those old collections are good uh, for Jay Garrick. And I, and I have no, I have nothing to back it up, but I really like Alan Scott. I was thinking Alan Scott's. They're, both these guys are like the old elder statesman superheroes that are very just cool because they were around for years. And they're like, like yeah. they're kind of cool in the way that World War II veterans are cool. Yeah. Um, Alan uh, Scott. I'm sorry, just one quickly. Alan Scott, Checkmate. The first, yeah. the first run of Checkmate. Uh, he was. The main yeah. guy for there. Go ahead, Josh. It, basically, if you like these characters and these types of characters, you need to get out and get and read Starman because this is all about those characters, and it has such a nice reverence. And basically, a lot of the cues that Jeff Johns takes, he took from James Robinson in in those in in, the, in from that series. Yeah. Um, and then there, by extension, also uh, the Golden Age, which was a story James Robinson did about. Uh, the Golden Age heroes in the forties, which Connor, you lent me the four issues of. I That's where they are. Day. Yeah, no, I have them. I was looking for them the other day. I thought I was going crazy. You asked me about them, them. too. Yeah. Yeah. I picked picked up the last issue. I was, like, like late at night, and I picked up what I thought was the first one because it was on top, and I read it, and I was like, that didn't make any sense. And I was like, oh, I just read the fourth issue. Nice. Smart. (laughs) Shit. You ruined oh, it. But that's, you ruined that's a big twist. A really good one. And it doesn't yeah, take it, it doesn't take a, um, a a genius to if you look at the at 2008. It's Starman's probably going to be come back into the prominence. So um, so this might be you know a couple of months might be a good time to check it out because he's he, it's going to be a big in a year from now we're going to be talking about Starman a lot more I think so. Yeah yeah uh, but but that's just that series is all about the reverence for the Golden Age characters and they do Alan Scott in it really well and a lot of other characters from there. <clears> yeah. Cool. Also. Damn you. All right. Hell's going crazy. Um, we got another voicemail. <laughs> this is Daryl stalking through the streets of New York. And I want to know why people use the excuse of Justice League sucks when it really is. It has too many black people in it. I see the little cold words all over the net and at other podcasts. That McDuffie can't write. It sucks. It has no focus. Even though it's just as good as it was, if not better, than Meltzer's run. Because it has focus. They actually have missions. They do things. But I see it has too many black people for some. If anyone will admit that that's why they say that. Let's talk about it. Well, I mean, now that you mention it, I didn't want to say that was why, but uh, oh. come on, it's, it's uh, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, man, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. I, I love when Daryl drops in this uh, serious voicemail. Like, you know, yeah, he did that once before. Remember that? when He, he totally blew it away with a serious one. 
I, um, I do got to give him credit at the towards the end where he says, "Let's talk about it." Okay, yeah. fine. So let's talk about it. That's fine. Let's talk about it like adults. Um, I'm not, and I can't speak for any of the shows. They, I'm not going to speak for anybody else's reviews or just what I can see from what happens in our community on our message boards and our forums. I, I think you know, there's there are segments of every population, even comic readers, who who probably think that way. I, th- I know we were at a panel once in San Diego where. Somebody oh, got mad. Best panel ever. Somebody got mad because they were putting John Stewart on the Justice League and they were putting um, uh, Hawk Girl on the Justice League and they didn't want as much diversity. They wanted their white male. Superheroes. Judd Winnick owned that guy. Well, Judd Winnick and Phil Jimenez owned him. Yeah. it was awesome. It was fantastic. Um, so the, I mean, yeah. it's definitely there. I'm, I'm sure there are people who think that, and it definitely exists. And to say it doesn't would be to deny it. But um, I don't see it in this instance. I just don't. I agree, I agree with you. Widespread and, like, anyway. I- I'm going to go as far to say that Dwayne McDuffie has quietly been doing an excellent job on Fantastic Four that's going to get forgotten about once Mil- what's Miller and um, Hitch start. But I, I, I don't see any reason to criticize McDuffie for putting too many black people into the comic at all. I, like, to me, I, I think Justice League hasn't been very good because I don't think McDuffie has total control over it. I think it's That's a, a what good... I've been seeing, and I think yeah. people recognize that. And he's even said it on message boards, and we've, we've reported it back on our website, is that he is not really writing these. He's given stories to write, and he's writing them, and he's yep. not really thrilled about it. And even, even then, the last issue that a lot of people did not like at all, and people were dropping the book or claiming to drop it left and right, was for a story that he didn't write. It was Alan Burnett who, as far as I know, yep. is, is not black. Um, and everybody yep. liked the McDuffie backup story and wished that it was more like that. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen... The criticism I've seen of the stories haven't been of McDuffie. They've been of the corporate crossovers. Is that the last issue crossed over with um, the countdown stuff and that one book that nobody's reading uh, about the Salvation Run. And then the one before that was, you know, want to read more? Read this miniseries coming out in the summertime. It wasn't... It's not about his writing. It's about the fact that they're... They're using Justice League as a place to launch these other books, and that's a detriment to the story, which I think and everybody was, having, was enjoying. Uh, not Josh, because he's a racist, but... Um, hey, I put Jack in the Box on my team. No, Jack in the Box is my black superhero friend. You, 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 <laughs> dropped, the, you, I mean, you dropped Justice League, so you, you'd be the one who would say you didn't like it. But not yeah, because of McDuffie, but you just didn't like yeah. it. No. So, my favorite issue is by Gene Hahn. He's Asian. Yeah. No, that's the artist. <laughs> I know. I don't. I, you know what? That's not. I don't. I don't think that's it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you know, it's funny is that you could totally go into this, but like some of the black characters in the DC universe who are very prominent right now are some of my favorite characters going, and I think there's great things being done with them. I like Black Lightning. Not. I like Black Lightning a lot. Black, black Lightning was one of my favorite awesome. characters. Yeah. Elsa Run. Uh, Mr. Terrific in in uh, yeah, totally. Checkmate in JSA. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I'm not like listing these are great black characters, but like it's a good time for these characters. It's, it's really it's it's really funny because I know it's I know it's like so cliche to be like oh I don't see color and blah 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 you know what I mean but like I literally like when he played this voicemail I was dumbfounded because I couldn't even process it you know what I mean I was just I'm like, guessing most people don't actually know that Dwayne McDuffie is black though. Yeah, true. Maybe you know. Sure. But, yeah. yeah. Although I know that he created Static Shock in many of the uh, it was an icon? milestone. 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 That's yep. it. I'll tell so, you what, uh, but he's huge. He's bigger than me. <laughs> he was at the he was at the he was at the iFanboy party last year at at uh, at um, WonderCon, yeah. and he was like a head yeah. a foot head taller than me. But um, uh, I just don't see it in this case. I, I can see it. I'm sure there are some people who think that way. I'm definitely sure there are people who think that way. But I don't think it's widespread in this sense. I don't think it's the reason why people criticize it. I think it's because, like, I mean, and, it's, and the thing is, it's not just Justice League. It's Batman and Superman, except for Action, and it's Wonder Woman until recently. Mm-hmm. All the major DC books are, are floundering direction-wise, and JLA's one of them, and Flash, too. It's, 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 not, and it's not because, I think, people don't like McDuffie or 
or because of the characters. I think it's just because of the the companies um, dealing with these books is not not good. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a bigger pro a bigger problem at DC. So, all right, well, Daryl, if you're satisfied with but, that, but but it's a good but it, you know he, he you know it's a good topic to think about something that's more important yeah, than. Absolutely. So, I mean, so Daryl, if you if you are satisfied with our thoughts, let us know. Or if you disagree with us, God help you. Call us at call us at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Where we bring about the issues. Speaking of bringing issues, uh, you can get them from Amazon, and if you go to ifanboy.com/store, you can buy uh, a lot of the stuff that we talk about uh, in the video shows and, and anything else you wanted to buy from Amazon. That would help out the show, and you wouldn't be doing anything that was that hard at all. And um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not going to ifanboy.com, boy, you're missing out. Um, we got a bunch of great, um, great articles that go up there every week, every day. Um, we got a great community there that comments on those articles and really talks. It's a really awesome community. So if you're listening and enjoying this podcast, go to ifanboy.com to check it out. And if you are a loyal iFanboy.com viewer, uh, you might want to um, stay, stay tuned. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Something may or may not be coming. Something may or may not have happened as you're listening to this. And, yeah. and, and if you don't know what we're talking about, go to iFanboy.com and check it out. So. And, and if, if you don't see anything different, then nothing happened. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know what you're talking about. Move on! Um, <laughs> every Saturday, there's the iFanboy video show on Revision3.com at Revision3.com slash iFanboy. It's completely different from the audio show where we talk about things like um, Sandman, like we did earlier. If you saw this show yesterday, or, or, or this last show, it was about, all about Kingdom Come. Yeah. And next week, you can uh, hear us talk about Alan Davis, the uh, spotlight on Alan Davis. So check it out at revision3.com slash fanboy or on fanboy.com. It's also there. Now, he's a white guy, right? <laughs> Moving on! <laughs> he's a Brit. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ifanboy.com. I'm, I'm skirting the edge here, aren't I? Push the envelope. Uh, you can you get t-shirts at jinx.com slash ifanboy. Uh, they look good with all skin tones. And if you send a picture of yourself wearing the shirt, uh, then Jinx will send you free stickers. Aforementioned, you can contact us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voice about 1-888-FANBOYS, 326-2697. We'd love to hear from you, and we try to get back to everybody in a timely manner. On the internet, we are on myspace.com, comicspace.com, verb.com. We have a Facebook group, and we're also on Twitter. And for all those things, you can find us individually as well as iFanboy, so check it out. Uh, if you like the show, uh, either of the shows, uh, and you haven't, go over to iTunes uh, and leave a review about it. You, you could leave one if you didn't like it. You could leave a bad review, but that wouldn't help. So, But also, if you know anybody else who you think would like the show or you're at the comic shop or anything like that, help spread the word, send, a, send an email, you know, spam people. I, that's cool. <laughs> and finally, um, um, if you like what we do and you appreciate it, um, you can head over to ifanboy.com forward slash donations and you could leave a donation to us. Um, we deliver these podcasts, video and audio, and the website, uh, and we really appreciate any support. And we thank everybody who's donated. We have some very generous people recently, so we really want to thank you for that. So, yeah, uh, I really hope uh, that something happened. <laughs> See about that. I should probably go start working on that, shouldn't I? <laughs> It'd be a whole lot of something for nothing. Yeah, exactly. If there was nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Nothing to see here. Move on. Well, hopefully we'll talk more about it next week. So until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I am Josh. <laughs>